0: What is cracking my passwords? Welcome to the ABRICTO Security Podcast. I am Robert Waltman. I am a senior security consultant here at ABRICTO Security. And today I am joined by our two junior security consultants, Daniel and Dre. Daniel, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi, my name is Daniel. I'm one of the junior security consultants at ABRICTO Security. I'm currently a senior at the University of North Georgia, working towards my bachelor's in cybersecurity.
0: Excellent. Dre?
2: Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Dre Porter. I attend Kennesaw State University, and I am also a senior working on my degree, bachelor's in cybersecurity. You love to see it.
0: Okay. So Daniel and Dre are relatively new to the company. You guys started around February? Um, I did start around February. Dre
1: was a few months
0: behind me. Yeah, I started around April. Okay. So it's currently July. So these two gentlemen have had a uh, very rapid introduction to the way we do things here at Abricto Security and to the world of network security in general. They have been on several ride-alongs with senior security consultants like myself and my colleague Anthony Ralston, and they've been interacting with clients, um, helping to determine scope, helping to resolve issues during an ongoing assessment. It's uh, being pushed into the deep end of the pool pretty much here at Abricto Security, and. Exposure and hands-on training is the best way to learn, this sort of thing anyway. And today, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about how one learns the process of cybersecurity, specifically from a red team perspective, because there is a ton of training out there about how to be a good blue team network security professional, less so about being red team. And we're going to talk about why that may be. But first, we're going to talk about what the world of hacking looks like from the outside and then compare it to what our junior security consultants have experienced since they have been working here and compare and contrast and describe some things that they might not have thought of uh, before they entered into cybersecurity. So, Daniel, let's start with you. Would you like to tell me like, what you thought about, like, what was hacking like in your head before you started working here?
1: So hacking in my head was seen as this complex problem that took years to learn how to become proficient and how you would actually get the process down for a red team engagement. Whereas in reality, it's a little bit simpler. There are cases for just about everything and learning them It does take time, but it's not as complex as I made it out to be in my head.
0: Interesting. Dre, what are your thoughts?
1: My thought
2: was actually the complete opposite. I thought it would be way simpler than what it is. So from my perspective growing up, I used to have an iPhone and I used to uh, jailbreak it. And that was pretty simple. And coming into it, I was thinking hacking would be the same exact concept. But come to find out, it's not. It's just learning multiple tools, applying those tools. So that's my point of view of
0: Gotcha. I can say from my own perspective, because uh, I am a millennial and therefore old now, hacking to me was key gens. For those of you who remember playing computer games back in the day, they had copy protection where each uh, individual CD of a game was shipped with a unique serial code, a uh, product key. And these keys were not truly random. They uh, were cracked and it was possible to find programs that would generate a key for you for whatever game you happen to be looking for. And key gen programs are always very colorful. They play this cool chiptune music, and it was pretty much as simple as hitting a button to generate a key. I thought it was sort of like that, where you install program, run program, receive hack. Turns out it's a little bit more complicated than that. So... Where did you guys first get your interest in offensive security? Like, Why why of all professions do you want to do one that uh, requires you to explain to random people how you're not actually a criminal? So for
1: me, it was back in middle school where I was just loving the thought of what can I do? What can I get access to? What am I allowed to do and not allowed to do? just kind of learning where all that falls within me and where I fall within it. And that's what really pushed me to go for the red teaming side, the offensive side versus the defensive side, especially because with the offensive side, you have to be correct one time. But for the defensive side, you have to be correct every single time or you're going to lose.
0: That's a very good insight. Dre, what about you?
1: So from my
2: point of view, Blue team, it doesn't really interest me much because I feel like if I'm doing that day today, it would be boring. It's just like reading alerts and everything like that. But attacking is a wide range of stuff you can do. You can attack multiple things. It could be new problems every single day. And that's just kind of how my mind is set up. I like new challenges every day. I don't want to be stagnant doing the same thing every single day. So that's why I chose red team.
0: Red Team will definitely provide you with a wealth of new challenges and new opportunities because no two networks or web servers are set up the exact same way. So there's a lot of ground to cover with that. How about you guys describe something new about hacking that you didn't expect that uh, it would be like? So something you hadn't considered or something that you might find it useful to have known about right at the start. What did you wish you knew before you started? So what I wish that I had known
1: was how networks work and function together. Because when you're still learning that, it is very confusing. Things don't seem like they should work when they are. And how it works doesn't make a ton of sense. But once you get how networks are working, it's like a domino falls and everything else falls into place and starts making sense. Networking ties into just about every aspect of a red team engagement or an offensive test so understanding networking is crucial
0: I know that uh, my colleague Anthony Ralston used to be a uh, network administrator so he knows everything there is to know apparently about uh, networking and IP routing and things like cider notation pretty much every tidbit of, of networking as it relates to a business computer environment Dre what about you what's something you wish that you had known before you started The ability to
2: Google, that has been huge for me. Literally every question that you have, go to Google for it. There are 100% should be an article on something that you're looking for. So That's my biggest takeaway.
0: Yes, I cannot emphasize that enough. I use Google for simple and basic things every single day. It doesn't make me a fraud. Everybody in the industry does this. Every programmer I know, every time they need to write a regex, needs to look up how to write a regex to find something like an email address. And it's just how the job works. In order to be successful at this, you don't need to know everything, but you do need to know how to find out. And I would say that's a much greater skill than having every possible flag or option for various hacking programs memorized because you can very easily look all that stuff up. So based on that, What exposure and education to red team stuff did you guys have in your ongoing education? You're both pursuing uh, degrees in cybersecurity. What kind of uh, explanation or demonstration or diving into the topic of offensive security have you received so far? So,
1: at my university, we have a bunch of classes for cybersecurity, but only one of them even covers offensive security at all. Most of them, if not, just about all of them will show you exactly how to protect a network, set a network up, and keep it safe. But what they don't want to show you is how you would break into that network, how you would gain access to things you're not supposed to have access to, simply because they're worried that you'll abuse that.
0: So it sounds like we have one but probably zero classes that are directly informative for red teaming in Daniel's curriculum. What about you, Dre? So
2: it's pretty much the same for me. I do have one class that only shows us how to SSH into another computer, but it
0: doesn't go farther than that. Okay. For the listeners at home who do not have a technical background, SSHing into something is not hacking. So I uh, just want to make that very clear. A uh, SSH connection is a very common, simple way to interface with a remote computer and has very little to do with actual hacking. So would you both agree that we're not seeing much education about red team stuff about offensive security in these explicitly stated cybersecurity degree programs? 100%. Absolutely. Has that been disappointing for you? Did you expect more in that category? I feel like we should have
1: a much better offensive security program because that is almost half of cybersecurity is split mostly between red teaming and blue teaming, whereas red teaming is offensive security. And that is what they don't teach you in college or university.
0: Yeah. It sounds like that's definitely the case. I agree too. It's like going
2: to the gym, working out only arms and then you forgetting about your legs. Now you're looking like an ice cream cone, you know?
0: So. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to end up the opposite. You don't want to be T-Rex mode either. Yeah. Um, well, let's think about why that might be. Uh, schools don't seem really eager or interested to teach people about red team stuff. They are excellent at teaching blue team stuff. And I think that's one of the biggest contributors to the current, let's say, resource shortage. It's very difficult to hire senior pen testers. And I can't help but think that part of the reason why that is, is because nobody is lining up to teach it. Currently, the usual method you have to learn about cybersecurity stuff are a few scattered sites like TryHackMe, Hack Hack the Box, the Port Swigger, uh, Web Security Academy. PortSwigger is the company that produces Burp Suite, a very popular and useful pen testing tool. And aside from that, you have some certifications of dubious usefulness. Security Plus is good to get a foundational knowledge, but if you're applying to be a pen tester, they're usually going to want to see more than Security Plus. So The holy grail of pentesting certifications at the moment is the OSCP, which is Offensive Security Certified Professional. It's produced by a company called Offensive Security. Offensive Security are also the people who develop and maintain the Kali Linux distro. Kali Linux is what I personally use for um, my operating system when I'm running hacking assessments. And uh, it's a very common choice among industry professionals because it has all the tools you need right there. The problem with the OSCP, though, is that a, it requires a great deal of foundational knowledge going in, such as if you don't understand how to operate within the Linux operating system just over the command line, you are probably going to have a bad time. And B, it is very expensive. At last check a uh, subscription to Offensive Security's Learn One program which gives you a year's worth of access to labs to pursue a certification that they produce of your choice. Uh, I believe the price tag on that at the moment is $2,500, which is significantly out of the budget of your average college student. So we're at a little bit of an impasse when it comes to how do we educate people to become offensive security industry professionals. And I can understand why schools would be hesitant to do this because nobody wants to be the institution that trains somebody who then goes on to do something dumb and irresponsible and then gets caught, gets in legal trouble, is criminally liable, and uh, then they go and say, well, this university is the, the folks who taught me how to do this. So nobody wants to be accused of that, which is perfectly understandable, but it may be something of a cyclical problem because every red teamer that i know is not interested in becoming an educator of network security because due to the personnel shortage network security and offensive security in particular pays extremely well so we have we have kind of a a mud hole that we're stuck in we're we're stuck in this we can't get out of the tar so let's think about some ways where we might be able to help escape that and help information about offensive security leak into the normal world in a way that people who are not already deeply embedded within the industry can understand it and appreciate it and be curious to know more. Dre, do you have any thoughts on what you think institutions like universities could be doing better to educate people, not only to the existence of offensive security and the red team as a career, but educate them as to what it does and why it matters and why would we care about it if we're so busy teaching all of this blue team stuff. I feel
2: that colleges could use websites like try hat me or Hat the box have dedicated classrooms that they can work on projects there and complete challenges. Daniel, do you have any thoughts?
1: So I've actually thought about this a lot, and I really want to push it for my university to try and start doing this, but to actually have lab simulations. They really push for blue teaming, which is great, but also learning how to be a good blue teamer requires actual experience against a active threat or a red teamer. So if they were to start having red teaming classes work with the blue teaming class that they already have in place to train everyone up, it would vastly improve the experience that everyone has coming out of universities.
0: That's an excellent insight. I also believe that there is a great deal more that the professional world could be doing to foster interest and competency within the offensive security field, because right now, Everybody seems to be hiring from the same pool of already existing senior pen testers who are quite rare and tend to disappear off the job market after an average of nine days. So if you're an employer looking to hire a senior consultant, you had better hope that you bullseye that window because offensive security testers do not stay unemployed for long. So the way that we at Abricto have tackled this problem is that we have brought on junior security assessments, such as Daniel and Dre, and we are investing as a company very heavily in their education because we want them to get the hands-on experience that they can't find elsewhere because the universities aren't going to teach it and the private institutions that offer it do so at a prohibitively expensive price tag. So here at Abricto, we are very heavily invested in making sure that our juniors eventually one day become seniors hopefully sooner rather than later and the imparting of foundational enterprise level knowledge in not only how we do business but how we conduct ourselves as a company what our values are the sorts of tools and techniques that we use how to interact with clients writing reports all sorts of intricate complicated things that are innate to the business that uh, we are taking on uh, college students to help educate them so Dre, can you start with telling me some of the stuff that you've learned here at Abricto as a junior security consultant? Where do I start? Uh,
2: so I start my favorite part. My favorite part has been the network penetration testing. That has been mind blowing to me. How large the networks are, what you can do inside the networks. You can collect hashes. You can move laterally. You can collect different credentials. Yes, a whole bunch you can do in that.
1: That's my favorite part right now. Excellent. Daniel? So, I've learned a lot, starting from web application penetration testing, how to gain access through SQL injection, getting a working cross site script to activate in someone else's browser, all the way to internal network pen tests, like Dre said, where you will start off with just a box. And from there, you move to gain credentials, move through laterally through other machines in order to gain domain admin in a network.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And I have personally instructed both of these fine young men on certain things related to web application pen testing. That's my specialty here at Abricto for the moment. And the important thing to stress is that this sort of experience operating within enterprise networks of our clients is really, really hard to replicate. Even the OSCP has a couple modules on operating within a Windows network, but doesn't really do a great job of simulating how a actual living, breathing, active directory Windows network inside of an enterprise works and how it might be vulnerable. So me personally, I see a lot of businesses within this industry trying to hire, and it's not going very well because there's a shortage of offensive security testers. What I don't see a lot of is enterprises that are hiring people who are maybe not quite to the senior level yet or perhaps not even to the junior level yet and investing in their success because, well, that's expensive and it doesn't give us money right away. We can't do it. There's no budget for that. I uh, find that hard to believe with the income that uh, comes along with offensive security uh, testing. I believe other corporations can do better when it comes to fostering and encouraging knowledge and skills of offensive security. And uh, I feel like you don't even need to do all that much in order for it to be successful. Just give people who are interested time to shadow individuals who are already at your enterprise and already doing pen testing, because it's not that difficult to pick up a lot of the basic fundamentals of how to do certain parts of a pen test. And you don't need to be an all-knowing, all-seeing, absolute expert of everything that relates to networking, of web applications, of JavaScript, of SQL, of Microsoft, you know, IIS. There are certain things you can do that are kind of fire and forget. And those are still very useful to an ongoing assessment. So if you can teach somebody how to do these things that can be replicated relatively simply and automated, they can provide a ton of value to your ongoing assessments by freeing up your resources to do more advanced things. So, Dre, earlier you talked about picking up hashes. Can you tell us about Responder, the tool that we use in order to do that in some cases, and um, what you've learned about it?
2: Yeah, so Responder, we use that inside of network penetration test. So we would get into the network and we would scan IP. We would scan IP with uh MAP sometimes, you know, or Nessus. And then we could bring up a Responder. So we would pull up Responder, set it to a specific IP. Then the Responder would start to collect hashes. And what we can do with those hashes, we can go offline, maybe crack the hashes, get credentials, well, passwords. And we can use those
0: passwords to log in and move laterally, inside the network. Excellent. Anybody who's doing hiring in offensive security who just heard that needs to know that Dre has worked here for about three months. It has not been particularly difficult to teach Dre how to do this sort of thing. So, Daniel, can you tell us a little bit about CrackMap Exec, which is a tool that we use with passwords and password hashes to execute commands on accounts that we have stolen the credentials for?
1: So yeah, CrackMapExec is a very very helpful tool, especially when you have a limited time to go through your penetration test. Normally, an APT or an advanced persistent threat like a foreign nation state that wants access to your corporation, they have years. We have two weeks to do our tests. So instead of individually going and trying to log into each machine with a set of credentials that we got we can use CrackMapExec to attack every machine on your network at once, which vastly speeds up how
0: we do our penetration test. I'm glad you brought up the time constraint because that's the point that I'm really driving at here. Using both Responder and CrackMapExec can generate long lists of things that senior pen testers would find very useful. In the case of Responder, we can get a list of usernames, password hashes, and if there's been time, cracked versions of those passwords that we've run through Hashcat and have cracked. With CrackMapExec, we can see which users in which domains have which permissions and credentials on which machines. So using that we can find if somebody has local admin everywhere, or if we can find that there's a local admin account, or if somebody just happens to be a domain controller when they probably shouldn't be, um, or a domain admin, I should say, then uh, it's easy to spot that stuff. But what I'm driving at is, if you have junior resources handling these tasks, that frees up your senior resources to do things that are a little bit more in-depth, a little bit more requiring of knowledge as to how some of the intricacies of the system works. For instance, if you have your junior consultants doing uh, password hashes and seeing who has credentials and permissions where, you can spend your time as a senior living off the land and digging through stuff that you can find in the network, but may take some time in manual review. For instance, like config files. If you find code, you can look through the comments of those. Things that are a little bit off the beaten path that could end up being easy wins But you might not have the time to go through all of those files and all of that um, environment information in such detail if you have to spend all your time catching hashes, doing cracking, and figuring out who can log in where. So it's not even a sacrifice on the company's part to employ and train juniors because they're already providing a lot of value for us. And I can say From experience that I've been very glad to have Daniel and or Dre working with me and uh, the opportunity to teach and instruct them on certain things has led to a greater mastery for me because one of the best ways to learn how to do something is to teach it to somebody else. So I feel that it is important to mention this because this doesn't have to be a problem that requires a revolution within your company in order to address. It's something that you can take small steps to do And it benefits everybody. More people learn about network security on the offensive side. Your assessments go smoother and faster. And um, ideally, you can bring on resources into your enterprise that then become senior resources. And in a perhaps too bare bones sense, I don't mean to be insensitive, but developing a senior in-house is usually going to be quite a bit less expensive than bringing one from outside. So this will cut costs for you in the long run. It's not hard to find the people out there who are interested in this, and you as a company need to take it seriously and decide to invest, and it doesn't cost very much to invest at the very start. I believe you'll find it will pay dividends for you much quicker than you think. Dre and Daniel, thank you for joining me on on, uh, this episode of the Abricto Security Podcast. Thank you for having us. My pleasure, and uh, we will see you in the next episode.